Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at TexasConflictCoach.com. So sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach. Well, welcome listeners to Conflict Chat. I'm your host, Patty Porter, along with our special hosts, Stephen Kotev and Abigail McManus. You know, the last Tuesday of every month, we will highlight conflict-related topics that the ordinary person deals with in their daily lives, things that we might hear or see in the news, our social networks, or maybe something we've experienced personally. More importantly, you have the opportunity to call in and ask your question with conflict management experts who are mediators, conflict coaches, and facilitators on how to think about your situation differently, analyze it, or maybe even give you guidance on your next steps to resolve it. In this episode, we're going to talk about the recent road rage incident and untimely death of NFL football star Will Smith. What can you learn about how you handle intense rage and emotions? And we're also going to discuss how each of us engage in differences. How does our own ignorance, misunderstandings, or even our fear about people with different cultural backgrounds, religions, customs, or beliefs impact how we deal with uncomfortable situations. So we invite you to engage with us now, and you can do so in three different ways. You can call us at 347-324-3591. So if you're on the laptop or your your tablet or your phone and you're listening to that now, you can call 347-324-3591. Press the 1 key so that we know you want to speak with us. You can also enter the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Texas-conflict-coach or uh, engage with us in the Twitter feed. We're using the hashtag uh, conflictchat, one word, or tweet us at TXConflictCoach. You can learn more about our radio programs at TexasConflictCoach.com. So Stephen and Abigail, welcome back to the Conflict Chat. Thank you, Patty. Hey, Patty, thank you as well for having us, and uh, it seems like uh, time flies. Uh, we were here last month, and now we're, we're here again uh, talking about, uh, you know, the, what's progressed for us in a month, what the, what the latest uh, news is. So uh, thanks for having us. Well, absolutely, and yeah, a month does go by really fast, you know, and we do hear, you know, we, we hear so many things, right, We're, our, our our decisions and how we engage in the world and our workplace so so oftentimes is informed by what we learn and hear and understand from um, media, right? And oftentimes I don't think we realize the impact of those things that we hear, how it impacts us and how we engage with people, and sometimes it even instills even more ignorance and misunderstanding and, and fear in us. And the, But the first thing I wanted to uh, bring up is the most recent uh, incident. A lot of people, who, even if you're not a football fan, 
most people know of NFL football star uh, Will Smith, uh, not the movie star, but Will Smith, NFL football star, who was uh, an untimely death, right, killed from a road rage incident down in New Orleans. And, um, and so the question then becomes when you hear the media talk about road rage, there's another road rage incident. I think even, uh, Abby, didn't we uh, talk about the a uh, couple of months ago there was another road rage mm-hmm. incident uh, with the co- – remember Zena was talking about the, the people coconuts. throwing coconuts at the windshield mm-hmm. or the guy got out of the, the truck here in Austin, Texas with a bat, and the, the two guys were going on it with bat and said pipes right in the middle of the highway. So we hear mm-hmm. this road rage stuff coming up all the time. And so what do we know about how we handle – our intense rage and emotion. So first of all, we have these, you know, we're emotionally hijacked, and then how do we handle that when we get emotionally hijacked? So let's just kind of talk from that angle. What are your thoughts about anything that's coming up for you right now around road rage, being emotionally hijacked? What's coming up for you? For me, I think um, in a lot of these situations, it comes down to a lot of the trigger points. And what are you – we talked about this in that one episode where we were – where what's triggering you to get upset? What's what's causing you to be upset? And then it, um, and then how are you addressing it? Or what what are you holding of value in those moments? And I think in the heat of a moment, it's really important that you know what's triggering you. Okay, and so with the Will Smith incident, um, you know, uh, one of the things, there's a, there's a couple of links, uh, folks, that we shared on our website that you can read more about it if you haven't done that. And uh, the thing about it is, is that it, the story, as the stories came out, it was just like, okay, what's really going on? Who was triggered? Who started it? And, of course, we're not here to prove who's right or wrong. That's not what our job is. But obviously, each of them felt triggered in a way that they felt that they had to defend themselves, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and so, Stephen, anything more you wanted to add yeah. about being well, emotionally hijacked when we're triggered? Well, and that's, I think, one of the, the most powerful words that you've used, and that's the word defend. In many, many circumstances, when we feel like we have to defend something – is many circumstances when we then escalate the situation. If I feel threatened in one way or another, then I start reacting very, very differently than when I don't. When that happens, things change. This incident here uh, with Will Smith ended up in death. There's other times where when we feel defensive, it just turns into something verbal. You have a, you know, a, a response, a, a remark. And I think, Patty, you really hit the nail on the head in that feeling of I'm not safe. And when I'm not safe, the triggering, all those other things end up unfortunately being a natural progression. And it can escalate very, very quickly. Right. We it, it, it happens like it's almost like a flash fire. You know, something's brewing, something's happening. Uh, and, and sometimes it's not brewing. In this case, we have a situation where uh, the car, you know, someone rear ended the car and then the car was, you know, so there was this uh, play with the cars that were going on. And so however it initially started, it escalated super quick. 
uh, with the result of people getting out of their car, and of course this just escalates even fast. And then when both of them are feeling threatened, in, in the, whether it's their lives, uh, their property in this case with the cars, and uh, but who knew that someone actually had a gun? And yeah, we had an episode last week actually uh, with uh, Robert uh, Batista who talked about gun violence and how that is not the answer uh, to dealing with conflict. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, so that, uh, that triggering a thing. So what is being emotionally hijacked? Have you all ever experienced being emotionally hijacked yourselves? Not necessarily in a road rage incident, but have you had that physical experience? Sure. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think most of the time when you're emotionally hijacked is when everyone's telling you to calm down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. And it's probably the worst thing that people can say to you, right? <laughs> Calm down. Well, I, I I think it's funny because yeah, it does sometimes make people more angry. I I do feel though that it's a very natural response. I think it's mm-hmm. it's something that we learn in conflict resolution that you know it may not be the most helpful response. But I feel it's it's a very um, instinctual one to say, hey, just calm down. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think we should maybe talk a little bit more about what the actual emotional hijacking is before we get into the, the how you bring somebody back from it. Uh, for, for me, it's just something where you get so angry you don't really want to listen to anybody else, and uh, you know that that anger becomes the central point of it. And it could be another emotion, but anger is usually the most common one, at least for me. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And what about you, Abby? I mean, I, w- I would agree with that. It's I think for emotional, for to me, emotional hijack means something that you know it kind of t- takes a mind of its own. And um, you know, when you start getting angry, and then you just can't even listen to reason, which happens in conflict when you start getting irritated or frustrated with something. You know, it's like all the rational, logical part of your brain just shuts down, and that's that's more or less where all the trouble happens. I think. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I've been emotionally hijacked, you know, you've heard of phrases like, you know, you're so angry, you see red, purple, blue, mm-hmm. psychedelic colors, you, know, you can't see straight. Are there other phrases that y'all heard before? I'm so angry, mm-hmm. I see red, I can't see straight, right. I can't think straight. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> right, 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 and, right. Yeah, and literally, people mean that. They're not just saying it to say it. They really are, you know, the, there are definite chemical a chemistry reactions that are happening in your brain, listeners, when someone is emotionally hijacked. So if this is the first time you're hearing this term, emotionally hijacked, um, this is where your brain goes into survival mode. So whatever this trigger is, whether it's a safety issue, whether it's a psychological mental safety issue, but there's something that you hold dear about yourself, your value, you, as you mentioned, Abby, maybe it's some part of who you are, maybe you're some celebrity and someone just dissed you. I mean, it could be all kinds of things that trigger you, but our central part of our brain, or this, it's a little gland called the amygdala, actually holds our emotional memory, and it also holds our values and beliefs that are dear to us. And so, when that, when we perceive someone undermining or challenging that, our brain goes into through that survival mode. It's, it says, "I'm threatened," and it's like beep 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 alarm mode. And that's what you were saying, Abby, that the rational part of your brain, which is the frontal part of your brain, your frontal cortex, goes dormant. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it goes into complete survival mode. And so there's all these chemistries and neuro, um, 
uh, neurotransmitters that are being released and cortisol, stress hormones, all of those things are being released and your body is like almost something is taking control over your body. And so that's kind of what we mean by being emotionally hijacked is you feel it and you're like, oh, I can't even think straight right now and just leave me alone. And, and, and people really do need that space to allow their brain to calm down, slow down, I think people's intention on the calming down part, right, Stephen, when people are like, calm down, calm down, it's probably the worst thing, listeners, that you can actually say to a person who's emotionally hijacked. That's going to actually probably mm-hmm. make them even more angry. Uh, anything more you wanted to say about being emotionally hijacked or, or having that experience yourself? Well, I, I wanted to add a couple things just real quickly is is that not only is there a thing going on in your brain, it's also affecting your body. Mm-hmm. Things like your digestive system shuts down because the energy that your body's using to to digest your food is then diverted to other parts of your body, and the blood in your body gets re in a sense allocated to your major muscle groups. So when your fight or flight response kicks in, your muscles, uh, major muscle groups, start to become highly. Uh, in a sense, activated or or prepared to activate so that you can literally fight someone or run. So it's happening in your brain. It's happening in your body. We're all one interconnected system. But I think the thing that's most important for everyday folks to remember is, is that for you as the individual, all those things are happening. But more than anything, you're not processing information the way you would normally. And I think that's where it goes back to what you were saying, Patty, about people saying calming down. Because when you're that upset, you're not going to process information. And in some sense, you're not ready to process information. So you know, telling folks something, something along those lines of calm down often, often isn't as helpful as what the person is intending it to be. Mm, yes, absolutely. So I appreciate you showing, sharing that it's not just what's going on mentally and emotionally, but what's happening in your body. So one, being aware, really, really, listeners, learning to be aware of when you're emotionally hijacked, what do you notice happens for you when you're experiencing these intense emotions and, and even rage? And uh, so now, Stephen, you had something to share with us um, around uh, elements that moderate and also understand pain, physical pain, emotional pain, right. because when we're emotionally you know, outraged, we're experiencing forms of those pains. So can you help us understand how that's useful for this conversation now with emotionally, being emotionally hijacked? Yeah, and we could go on. <laughs> There's so much more that we could talk about that we're not, but... I found this image. It comes from uh, paincloud.com, which are some folks, I think, out in Scandinavia. And uh, it's, it's on the Texas Conflict Coach uh, website, um, specifically the page for today's uh, conversation. And it says fra- factors that modulate pain. And when you look at that, to me, it was a very fascinating graphic because what it showed was, again, that interplay between emotional and physical. And I thought it was very, very interesting in helping better understand people in that when you're looking at what could make somebody upset or what could have somebody feeling like pain, well, one element of that could be depression. Um, another, another element of that could actually be the physical sensation of pain. That's the nociception. There could be other things that are 
sleep deprivation or fear avoidance or stress anxiety, so on and so forth. So to me, the graphic, I, it, it, I don't want to get too scientific with folks. It was just more very interesting in that when you're looking at someone and what they're upset about, it's usually a combination of factors, and those factors are physical and emotional. And so this was just a great way to sort of present that and help folks process that idea. So how does this uh, is there an example of any and I'm I'm looking at the um you know at the image itself is there anything here in terms of how they use and understand this in ter- just like one element um in terms of how they help themselves regulate when they're emotionally hijacked I think that it's more about the others well I think as the individual you may not be able to do it in the moment. You know, for me as a somatic educator, as somebody who helps people deal with um, high-pressure situations, I, I have them focus on their breath and just pay attention to their breath alone. And if you pay, pay attention to your breath, it will help you regulate everything else. These factors that modulate pain to me are more about what you do after you have sort of come through the thing and you're reflecting on yourself. You're saying, well, what was that about? You know, was I legitimately threatened? Did I not get enough sleep? Was my um, blood sugar low? Did I, you know, did I not eat? Um, was there some uh, sort of existential threat, some threat to my identity? Did I think I was going to lose my job? Did I think someone was going to say I was a bad manager or, you know, or a bad employee or w- whatever it is, a bad person? So I see these factors to me more about helping folks process it afterwards because in the moment, you, you know, your those higher functioning parts of your brain are shut down, and you're That's more right. like, oh, what am I going to do to this person, or well, where do I got to go? You know, very different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, knowing that, like, like you said, knowing these things and understanding these things and practicing. Uh, some of these things is going to help. So when you are in a situation, unfortunately with the Will Smith situation, they're each triggered. And I would imagine for both of them, there's definitely some level of safety that was definitely involved. You know, when someone's car was crashed in the other, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" And then in the and then it escalates as soon as they exit the car. And, you know, they're, they're two men, you know, and they're pounding their trust and what's going on. And, and then it escalates very quickly, and we're perceiving the situation as a threat to our physical safety. And then all of a sudden someone says, okay, I've got a gun here, you know, now whatever that was thinking in their mind. But how quickly, one, that you can be emotionally hijacked, two, how quickly your body uh, is reacting to this in the survival mode, and three, what you have learned, practiced, and understood about yourself, your default behavior. So if your default behavior is to fight as part of that fight-flight response, then you're going to fight the way that you've learned to fight. So if that means fighting with a stick, a gun, a knife, or whatever, it's automatically going to be part of that unless you teach yourself that that's not the way to resolve conflict uh, or to even try to manage it or even trying to de-escalate it very quickly, being self-aware of those things. Unfortunately, uh, it escalated to the point where, you know, someone is killed in someone's life, you know, is going to probably end up being in jail. Uh, We don't know. Well, you know, they're saying self-defense and all of that. But that's the thing, listeners, is be aware when you're emotionally hijacked and you have to learn how to control that. You have to learn 
if I go into a fight mode, what do I need to learn to uh, quickly de-escalate myself or to cool my own uh, trigger very quickly? And that's where you're saying, Stephen, breathing is just one of many strategies that people can use to de-escalate their emotion or at least try to control it so it's not completely out of control like in this situation here. Uh, Absolutely. There's so many times where I really encourage folks just to monitor it themselves because when you don't pay attention to it is when you really start to lose control. And, you know, we have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic uh, nervous system. And what you really need to know about that is, is that most of these things are automated. If I tell you, um, I want you to uh, voluntarily escalate your heart rate. You can't do it. It's regulated uh, independent of your control for the most part. But you can control your breath. It's something that you actually have control of. So it's one way of you uh, managing systems that you're not in control of. And so that's one of those things that's really important. And, and, uh, Abby, did you have something you wanted to add? I I, I felt like you were going to say something. Um, well, no, I was going to add into the bre- the breathing, I think, is, is an excellent technique. I know some people, like, roll their eyes when, you're, when you say, you know, take a couple deep breaths, count to 10 when you give that suggestion. But it really, really does help. And I found that that regulating your breath and kind of, like, taking some time to cool down, um, I think it's also important that you don't expect – because I think sometimes when you're so angry, like, you're – not you're thinking maybe in just terms of you need you need to be responsible for yourself no one else is going to walk away from you if you're angry or I mean someone might but you know if the other person's just as heated you have to be responsible for yourself and kind of regulate yourself in in these type of situations so it's important to regulate your breath you know be mindful of yourself and I think an also big thing is you know thinking you know what is the solution in this because getting angry really doesn't ever solve anything so at the end of the day, you need to think of, well, what's the solution to this? And I think in this case with Will Smith, like someone hit his car and then dri- I think it was Will Smith actually that drove off, um, you know, the driver could have said to himself, well, what what could be done? What would be the solution to this rather than getting out and arguing or chasing after him or something along those lines? Now, one other quick strategy that came to mind um, regarding the uh, – when, when you brought up, Stephen, about saying some, to someone, calm down – so what are what is something and so if you're one of those people, you know, you see someone upset, your spouse, your coworker, whatever, and you're like, Come on down already, come down, man, you're getting too upset. Okay. What would be something else they could do instead of saying that? I have a couple of ideas, but I wanted to see if you've uh, tried different different things. Abby, you wanna you wanna take a shot? Um or you you, or you want me to go. I I've been talking you, a lot, you, you so I wanna make first. sure I give you a chance. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> oh, okay. I would say mirroring is one of the, the the one of the best ways to do that. You know, and that can be um, you can do that in a couple ways. You can literally um, you don't want to you don't want to lose it. You don't want to uh, become as uh, upset as they are. But if they're saying I'm really angry and and I respond back. So it sounds like you're really angry. You're, in a sense, matching their um, uh, level, and that's a way of verifying that you're hearing what uh, they're experiencing. Um, you know, the other one that I use is to name 
whatever it is that I see and try to be as specific as I can. You know, uh, you're really upset that you just dropped your cell phone or, you know, you're really angry at your performance review, whatever it is, but naming it specifically so that uh, folks have that sense of resonance that goes with it. And usually when the resonance comes in like, oh, yeah, I'm being listened to, then they can start to ratchet down a bit. Uh, Those are some ones I got. Patty, what do you got? Well, one of the things I was going to say is naming, and, and it's part of the mirroring that you're talking about, but but naming it. So if someone is really upset, and we've practiced this in conflict management training before, so let's say, Abby, you're really upset, and I say to you, you know, calm down, Abby, calm down. First of all, if I was to do that, Abby, and you're really upset, what would that actually do to you? And maybe someone more, has more done that to you. I don't know. <laughs> it would it would make me more angry. So it makes you more I think angry. I would feel, yeah, I feel like that would just make me more angry. Yeah, and it does for a lot of people. And so what I might do, it, without it sounding patronizing, because some people are like, "Wasn't well, that patronizing?" Which is to name the emotion, right? So that's a really emotional, intelligent kind of strategy. In addition to breathing and mirroring, which is uh, to really say, "Look, I, I, I see that you're. This is really upsetting to you, or I see how angry you are." Uh, or, you know, so naming the emotion, so instead of saying calm down because you're trying to get them to calm down and it does the opposite effect, is actually name it. And then the person is like, well, of course I'm upset. Wouldn't you be? You know, <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. like, so so what do you need me to hear right now? Right? So you're just being in that total, instead of your own defensive reaction, right? You're, you know, you don't want to then get emotionally hijacked because they're so upset and enraged. Me, be able to maintain control for yourself and be in that moment with them, which can be scary for some people. Now, we're not saying don't do this, and, you know, so if your life is in danger, we're not, you know, saying, you know, necessarily that this is what you can do. Although, if you've read, um, oh, Mark Andreas, right? Stephen, did I get the right mm-hmm. name? Mark Andreas. Yeah, yeah, with yeah the Andreas. Sweet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the the stories from the sweet fruit from the bitter tree. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've got to listen to that podcast, folks, because there were a number of incidences where people's lives were literally, I mean, on the line of you know getting killed or uh, in a robbery situation, and they there was all these different strategies, but one of them is just being present, naming the emotion, and what is it you want me to understand. What is it you want? What is it upset? What's most upsetting to you? I don't, or I don't get it. Please tell me. You know, so you're you're naming it, and then you're asking a question, just being totally present, so that they know you're right there listening to them. So a couple more strategies there, um, in which uh, you might deal with that. By the way, folks, I know we're 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 actually almost out of time. I can't believe how fast this has gone already, and we have so many topics to talk about. We'll have to uh, talk about the other topic next week. Uh, you have been tuned into the Texas Conflict Coach, and we do hope that you follow us on Blog Talk Radio um, at Texas Conflict Coach and and definitely engage with us on Twitter at TX Conflict Coach and use the hashtag Conflict Chat. Uh, we use this hashtag all throughout uh, every single day. Uh, Abby's been a great uh, Twitter for us as well. Um, so what do you want to say about those additional strategies, Abby or Stephen? Do you think those might work? If we do some mirroring or or even name the emotion, because I sometimes I've had people say, "Well, isn't that patronizing?" If you say, "Hey, you're upset, man," and they're like, they already know that they're upset. So, it's, so it's interesting when people some people respond that way. So a lot of it has to do with the delivery of it, I would imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people, I, I like the idea of the mirroring because 
when you're when like I said earlier, when you're angry, you kind of block like everything kind of shuts down. Like we were saying, everything kind of shuts down. So it, I'm angry, and if someone says, in, "Oh, you're angry," well, and then like mirrors it back to me, and then names it. I think in a situation like that, I would be like, oh, okay, well, and it kind of, like, helps you to kind of centralize what you're thinking and you're feeling at that moment. It puts you in the moment just as much as, like, it's helping you get in the moment. It it would do both. So I think both those techniques would work really, really well. Okay. And I, I think that it's something where I would encourage our listeners as homework to pay attention and what I mean is pay attention to the times where you really feel um, that folks get you, that folks understand you. Because to me, it ends up being the same skill set. And what I'm talking about is, is if you start to get angry, if you start to get upset, and somebody just says something that when they say it, you immediately feel like they understand where you're coming from. And when you have that, that's when a lot of these dynamics change. And it changes from this very oppositional, angry or sad scenario to a much more um, open, uh, you're able to actually absorb what's being said. You're able to hear what they're saying. And in many circumstances, it's because of the techniques that we're talking about. You know, Patty, I I really love this. uh, You know, what is it that you need me to hear? You know, that's a fantastic question, very powerful question. And it allows these folks to set the stage for what it is that that they need to get out, as opposed to maybe encountering commands like calm down that aren't really what they're needing to talk about or what is actually happening. Yeah, in that in in that actual moment. So great mm-hmm, homework mm-hmm, assignment mm-hmm. Uh, because you have a number of strategies there. In addition to raising a level of awareness for yourself when you're emotionally hijacked and and what you need. And and by the way, folks, um, it takes like about twenty. Based on some of the neuroscience research, it takes about twenty minutes when someone is in full blown you know, emotionally hijacked mode. It takes about twenty minutes for your body to absorb all those hormones and neurotransmitters that are, you know, just, you know, your whole body is soaking up. And it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to start working from that frontal cortex place. So if you're having a fight with someone in that moment and you are really in that kind of a rational thinking place and your your mind is ruminating very quickly and running through very fast, uh, that would be the time to take a little bit of a break or say, I can't talk right now, let me come back to you, because you, that's when people end up saying and or doing things that they really regret, much like you know the Will Smith death, which is everyone suffered, and the person who shot Will Smith, Will Smith himself, and of course his family, and then uh, and because he was so known the whole world, um, but uh, really know that it it takes a, ma- a little bit of time for your body to absorb that, so you can do that, and, but you can start to control that by these strategies. So great homework assignment, uh, Stephen, and I can't believe how quickly time has really flown. And if you've been listening, we really appreciate you doing that. We encourage you to come back every Tuesday night. We have a guest, and in the last Tuesday of every month is our conflict chat uh, but we do use the hashtag conflict chat as we twitter if you're interested in browsing our podcast library um 
and seeing our uh, upcoming Tuesday night programs, you just simply go to texasconflictcoach.com and you'll see our upcoming May programs. And again, uh, any final any final words from either of you before we close? No, no thank you for having me on. Um, other, for the listeners, I would just say just make sure you keep breathing and be more self-aware of how you feel in the moment when you feel heated and what's triggering that. And I would just add to that, uh, really pause and and pay attention to that time where you feel people get you. And just take a second and rewind and and see what is it that they said. Because I wouldn't be surprised if it was questions kind of like the ones that Patty proposed today or presented today that you can then use in other circumstances or you can tap into because we find that when you really get these types of techniques right, it makes a big difference. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone. And listeners, we encourage you to embrace conflict courageously and address it constructively. And until next time, thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you've enjoyed the program. You can find over 300 podcasts archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. To learn about upcoming radio programs and resources, sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.